Welcome, everyone, to Season 3, Episode 85 of the Premier Pod. I'm your host, Yashpika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. In this episode, I would like to start it off with the fact that I actually have a job now. <laughs> I <laughs> recently started my job as uh, NBC Sports Social Media Coordinator um, on Monday. Super blessed and super thankful to have a job right now, especially in these times. But that, you know, I'm excited. For the opportunity, but this whole week has kind of been a little crazy because I've been trying to get on board all online, obviously no in-person office. So it's interesting getting onboarded with equipment and also meeting the team and everything officially just all online, very different type of uh, vibe, but it's still fun and everything, but definitely I've been, it's been, a, it's been a little weird getting adjusted to real work uh, real working hours and such. So that's probably, uh, that's a good explanation on why you've probably seen our social media feeds and just, uh, the word from all of, from both of us has been kind of quiet because obviously we're both working now. So, you know, we don't have the luxury to always watch every game because either we're working or something comes up, you know, but we're definitely going to try our best to continue pushing out content for you guys. But yeah, that's kind of a little update, personal update for me. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, Yash, I am on behalf of everyone, we have to say super proud of you making I'd it big at NBC Sports because <laughs> to kind of give context, NBC Sports is the TV broadcast like network that mm -hmm. broadcasts the Premier League in the US. Yeah. So like if there's any network to really get into and for Yash, it'd be NBC Sports for the Premier League, for the Premier Pod. So this is huge. And being on the social media team, I, I know you said that for the Premier Pods, like Twitter and other social media like Instagram, it's been a little quiet since you started. But I mean, now you're working on the social media accounts for NBC Sports. So like literally you're on their Twitter, like some of your posts are now on their Twitter account. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so technically you are still posting. It's just now for <laughs> NBC Sports yeah. and just going to a lot more people. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Now it's just a little bit different and going towards a maybe a little bit bigger audience. But obviously, you got to show love still to the Premier Pod audience. Been there since day one. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that, that's sick, though. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I yeah, I I hope so. But you know, I gotta. There's still a lot um, a lot to learn and a lot to do. But I I'm super excited to hopefully you know when the Premier League season kicks back on, helping out with as much of the coverage as possible. But yeah, in general, I'm just super excited. Um, I think anyone that kind of starts a new job is, has that same energy, and I definitely want to keep keep up the energy throughout um, throughout my time there. But yeah, so now Tyler and I are both working, so it's very interesting because if you followed this podcast from day one, we were both started the podcast as college students, and then this past season, during season two, obviously I was still in school, and Tyler had just started his job. So we were basically working the schedule of Tyler would be the one working and I just was the, still the college student. And then the summer came and we were both, you know, not both, but I was looking for jobs. So I kind of had all this time available. Tyler was still working and now I have a job. So it's in three seasons of just uh, different circumstances for both of us. But I think, you know, one thing we always wanted to maintain to do is the podcast. So I, I don't think that will change anytime soon, but we might have to alter the schedule and alter the time we record here and there just because my schedule can kind of get a little wacky working in sports. So we'll just have to work around that, but we'll definitely try 
our best to keep the podcast going and keep the weekly episodes for you guys and such. But mm-hmm. um, they might just come out on different days, but we'll definitely let you know if that needs to happen in the future. But yeah, it's it's interesting and it's fun. But, you know, it's just uh, 2020, the time we live in. All That's interesting crazy. times. Really? <laughs> it was like a tale of three seasons. It's just now you're in the real world, Yosh, and you are the inside correspondent for NBC Sports. <laughs> I know. It's wild to be working for literally NBA, like really working for NBC Sports, such a big brand. But it's definitely interesting. Like you said, like a tale of like literally a tale of three seasons, just how we basically went from college students to working to one being a working you know, normal working class person than me still being a college <laughs> student. And now, now we're both just working. <laughs> we're just like now workers. Now we're just dirt count working class heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting. Um, but it, it's, it's crazy because I know why I was still in school at least. Well, I'll say this, like, I think like a lot of people are like, Oh, you always got to have like a side hustle or a side project, but now I can definitely see, even on my on my first week of working, I can see how hard it is to kind of get side projects or get any of these other type of hustles on get started, especially when you're working like a full time job. Because, man, after working like a full, you know, seven and a half hours, eight hours, you know, depending on what break, how how you structure your breaks or whatever, you definitely get pretty exhausted after after logging off. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, Tyler. No, oh, no, I definitely do. That's literally. <laughs> It's kind of weird that you're physically worn out after sitting at a computer for like eight, nine, ten hours in a row. And then yeah. after that, just hopping straight into the pod. But um it it, it kind of bit it's kind of like that in in season two and three for me. And you kind of it's it's something you don't really get used to, but it's just something you kind of learn to deal with. And then you just kind mm-hmm. of get that second wind energy once you start. Cause that's that's how it is. It's like, yeah, really these side projects, these ideas that you kind of do for your self passions, like the podcast for now, for both of us now, mm-hmm. it's just something you kind of have to put a lot of extra energy into and then hopefully it goes through. But I still think that overall, the whole premise of the Premier Pod, which is just an hour of our week, just to make sure we don't really think about anything else from work or anything. It's just an hour for us to just talk about anything we want around the Premier League or just kind of the soccer in general and kind of just kind of push away everything else and just kind of give ourselves a way to meditate that way. <laughs> yeah, and this is it. And hopefully it is for everyone listening too. Yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy. I mean, I mean, you guys, some people must still must be enjoying like our, our content and such because you guys, we see you guys downloading the episode and such. So we appreciate the support on your guys's end. But yeah, I think um, I think to finally like dig into this episode a little bit, we wanted to mention quickly the um, coronavirus and COVID nineteen, uh, especially in the United States. It's been hitting harder for us than it has been for some of the European countries. I think they've done a good job of curtailing it and practicing good social measures, and you know, practicing wearing masks and such. Unfortunately, in the U.S., hasn't been the same story. It's kind of been all over the place, but. When it comes to the actual sporting scene, it's a little interesting because the um, we what we've seen is the MLS and the NBA when they've had bubbles or when they've had 
um, you know, requiring their players to wear masks, socially distance, be inside a bu- bubble that the cases have literally been zero to not, I mean, maybe one to zero. I mean, like, I think the NBA and MLS since their latest case, like latest testing things have gone by like coaches, staff and players pretty much at zero. And what we've seen with like the NFL and the college football, which is a, a two of the other bigger sports in America, the protocol and such, there really hasn't been one. I think they've, they had all this time, but they really haven't adjusted. But the biggest issue there is how this coronavirus and stuff will kind of affect worldwide going into this new season. Because I think we've all heard about, oh, there's a second wave. There can be a second wave. The second wave could even be more deadly than the first wave. And right now, it's still the summertime and everything, but the second wave they're talking about will usually happen around during the flu season when normally a lot of people get the flu, which is, I would say, what, like November, December, January, you know, right? American Thanksgiving week. That's usually when I get sick. (laughs) Yeah, literally same. That's literally usually around the time I get sick. And I would assume the same thing is, it's the same in European countries and such. So I think... um. It's tough. I, I think we all want to see fans in the stadium, but especially in like even in the European scene, I think we're probably going to have to sit through for most of this new season as well with no fans and just kind of dealing with the fact that um, that the I guess the virus is still real and it can still affect players and still you know they can get still get infected and such. So I think I think the Premier League still needs to keep up all its measures of testing frequently and everything and all the other leagues as well. Um, cause I think if they let up, I think that's when, you know, things could get really bad and they would have to delay the season even more. But I think if they continue the safety measures they had for project restart, I think they should be in a decent place to just finish out the season and literally go from just play the season in the normal months instead of having it delayed and dragged out for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I will say that when Yosh was mentioning how NBA has the bubble here in the U.S. and also MLS has the bubble in the U.S., it's I'm going to give context to what that also means is that all the teams that are in the competition or potentially winning the NBA championship or MLS Cup, all those teams are flown into one city and that city was Orlando and then they all played in like a neutral area within this bubble in Orlando. So that's the one big difference is like they kind of control everyone and make sure no one entering the bubble is sick and no one exiting the bubble can get back in without being tested and like kind of being quarantined. Mm-hmm. But in the Premier League, at least so far, we've been seeing and across Europe, besides like maybe the Europa League and Champions League, um, everyone is being flown or like driven to, you know, away stadiums, home stadiums, and they're still playing on their home grounds and away grounds. But at least in the U.S., everyone's kind of playing on like a neutral site and no one's really traveling. But that's as kind of, yes, as Josh mentioned, as like a fact that U.S. is kind of struggling in terms of handling (laughs) these COVID cases and they're just skyrocketing. So even traveling is kind of dangerous around here. So I think the Premier League will be very similar this upcoming season to how we saw Project Restart. I don't think there'll be too many fans. I think it'll just be, you know, those virtual fans that we see behind the TV or behind the uh, the goals just on the big screen TVs. Mm-hmm. Just the occasional like 16 grid 
of just random fans kind of I mean, cheering. Manchester their- City already had their full stadium at that point. <laughs> no, <laughs> literally I- the full stadium of just 16 people. <laughs> the true 16 fans. But literally, I think that's what we're going to be seeing next season too, which, not going to lie, is going to be a bit of a shame because now certain teams like Liverpool, for example, really ride on the like the the atmosphere and the the cop itself like just the fans cheering them on i really feel like it's that 12th man that really helps them get through and you know certain other teams maybe like man city who (laughs) don't really Mm -hmm. have big of a fan base could probably benefit from these kind of situations where it's like oh we don't really have any fans we just have to play our games like all right that that might could probably help us so that would be very interesting to see how some of the smaller teams will also do too because I feel like, you know, certain teams like Bournemouth, they were a very close niche stadium where it's like not that many people were able to enter, but it was so small that I feel like your fans were just always there, like just like a foot away from the action all the time and that can help cheer them on. And without those yeah. fans, that might be why they got relegated too. So we're going to have to see how this really affects certain teams and how they really get through. Yeah, I think... um even I would say it might even help teams like West Ham or Newcastle that sometimes if you go, <laughs> if you watch their home games, you can kind of see the fans turn on the players really fast when things don't go their way. So when there's no fans, we saw that Newcastle performed pretty decently. West Ham obviously were able to get out of a rele- relegation fight, you know, stay up in the Premier League. And maybe that was down to not having the fan pressure of, oh my gosh, like they're booing me every time I touch the ball. They could just kind of, do the Man City way, like, oh, control what we can control and then see what happens. So I think it's a pro and con for both. But I, I'm very interested. I think we we brought the question how this will affect youth academies in Europe. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to affect people in America, but in the U, especially in Europe, I wonder how a lot of these youth facilities and such like these, uh, you know, these wonderful academies from like Manchester United, Liverpool, Barcelona and such will get affected because of COVID. Um, I don't know if those, I don't know if they can afford to have daily testing for basically kids, like so many kids that they, you know, try out and have at their academies and such. So I don't know if this will put a delay on youth development and stunt their growth. But if that happens, that's a huge loss for clubs that really rely on their youth. I'm talking like Southampton, you know, Manchester United promotes a lot of youth. Liverpool try to promote youth. I mean, Barcelona you know, they've kind of gone away from that in a little bit, but they try to promote their youth. So if we're seeing more clubs um, having to postpone or maybe not train as many kids as they hope to in the normal season, maybe that postpones how many kids they can kind of promote to the senior level as well. So that could, that could definitely stunt the overall quality of the squad too, if the youth academy is failing them. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know how these clubs are going to maintain that kind of high growth and just yeah. grit from the academy. Because like, if you think about it in comparison to schools in America, where a lot of sports, at least I feel like are kind of grown, grown through or in like athletes are just grown through like, you know, private school system and public school system and just schools facing off against each other and like their team sports. It'd be like high school versus high school yeah things like that and then those players develop into you know college athletes that you know go to d1 d2 d3 schools yeah face and eventually each other. yeah and against each other too <laughs> and like colleges versus colleges universities versus universities and then eventually they go into you know the professional athletes realm and like professional sports but 
with all this online shift, I'm wondering how athletes are going to be affected or like the next generation, because now mm-hmm. you can't do an online. <laughs> yeah, you just sports. have like, you just like, have Jurgen Klopp showing the kids how to juggle a ball. Yeah, it's Zoom, like, imagine that. Zoom call. <laughs> it's like Wii Sports, but literally <laughs> on, it's like that's not going to work. It's, there's no way. So I honestly am kind of curious to see how this generation, this next generation is going to be affected because it's like, are we just going to have a dip all of a sudden where it's like, oh, they just couldn't produce any players or maybe not as many because of this. The golden generation's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just like a, an empty generation is what maybe exactly. what happens. And then you're just going to have to get carried because like I was also thinking about this, with this is kind of like oh, a tangent, but in real life too it's what happens to all the kids that are in schools that are just online it's like now when they come into work they're not going to really know or have as as much maybe in-depth experience and they might not be able to perform as well at work so i'm just thinking like maybe that could be something for sports too where maybe they don't get that extra season they don't get that extra two seasons that really develop and then that could really hurt them later on in their professional career or maybe some might even make it to professional careers yeah, because now they just I, lost a whole year. Yeah, because really with sports, themselves. exactly. Because with sports, you can't really you can't really do an online sport. You can't just play foot. Or you can't play soccer via Zoom call. You know, you can't just sit there and do like stepovers and then beat someone and shoot. <laughs> You're gonna break something in your house <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> but you know, and you know, in the high school and youth level, I don't know if they have the money to really afford. I. I guarantee you they probably don't have the money to afford daily testing that these professional leagues are offering their players and such and the safety net that they're offering the players as well. So I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, uh, hopefully if like a vaccine will come soon and it can help protect these kids, but I I feel like, you know, we're definitely going to see a a dip in quality and maybe the um, quantity of players and such that can get promoted and the players that will continue playing um, because you know, there's just not enough testing, and I I don't know, I I I don't know what these kids are gonna do. I really hope that there's a solution maybe in there, but it definitely it definitely hurts to hurt hurts to hear that some kids' dreams might get crushed earlier or might get crushed by unforeseen circumstances, something they couldn't even control. You know, it's not even like they were not good enough. It's just they they may not have the money to keep them into an academy that's not even training them. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, or they then, just might not ever get the chance. Yeah. It's kind of like Joe Burrow, like the recent number one um, yeah. pick in the latest NFL draft for the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. He kind of tweeted, he said, if this last season never happened, I probably wouldn't be playing for the NFL this upcoming season. I'd probably be looking for a job. Mm-hmm. So I think because like he really only broke out because of this latest season at LSU. And yeah. that kind of gave me some insight and some like, analogy to how maybe some other soccer players maybe other athletes might kind of see the situation it's like maybe they might not get that chance so yeah. it's gonna be a little rough and you might see I mean, like a 1950s level <laughs> of just players in terms of just like pedigree or just yeah, uh, they always joke like pele just played with a bunch of farmers <laughs> yeah so it's just like maybe you might get like a generation of that because like they just because of just the situation we're in yeah. Maybe it might just be more so in the US since like we're kind of struggling mm-hmm. with this COVID more, but I don't know how it's really affecting Europe, but it's just more of a question that I'm thinking of now because in terms of like transfer news too, not many teams can really get as many transfers in and really test 
and really develop players as well mm-hmm. now too. They're going to have to really rely on their academy and what they have because you can't really move players as, around as easily these days. Yeah, especially given the current climate of the uh, amount of money a lot of clubs are losing because of no ticket sales and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is like the last point. But yeah, when you bring up Joe Burrow, I think of uh, so many players like Kylian Mbappe, the way he like broke out in the Champions League or Holland or Marcus Rashford. If they didn't have that whole season, what if they never get promoted? Uh, you never mm-hmm. know. Maybe they just kind of give up or maybe they don't try as hard. I, you know, I would hope that, you know, since they're so good right now, I feel like they had the mentality to kind of make it. But if they didn't have those different spotlights where they can, you know, break out during the season and the whole season's just gone away or canceled, I think you lose a lot of quality players that you didn't know of, you know? Yeah, because like a lot of players literally just break out after, like in one season. Maybe it was yeah. like their last season of their contract and... This maybe it was just like a season where a player, uh, one of their team's star players goes down and then they kind of take their place. Dude, I, but, I look at Chupa Moting. Yeah, Chupa Moting. <laughs> Somehow got transferred into PSG and won, won them the game. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's oh. something we'll probably update in a, in a further yeah. episode. But just to give a quick update, Atalanta got eliminated by PSG from no, Chupa Moting. The guy that used to play winner. for Stoke. Stoke City. <laughs> For struggled at Stoke. Yes. Literally oh, struggled. Man. That's crazy. So, you know, it'd be wild. Shakiri played for Stoke, but won a Champions League with Liverpool. What if Chupa Boating ends up winning a Champions League? That means Stoke would have had two former Champions League winners. <laughs> That's wild. Stoke, who are in the championship right now. <laughs> and almost we're in the relegation battle in the championship. So Exactly. So they must have been doing something right. Somehow, I mean, they are Stoke City, man. Yeah, I kind of have a soft spot for Stoke City. It's just a funny, a funny club. Just oh man, but <laughs> the Premier League just always find a way. That's just so random that that could potentially happen. But um, this is kind of a, a, a switching gears to like more of a, I guess, like a different topic. But FIFA 21. Um, this is a little interesting topic for me because I usually don't buy um every FIFA that comes out. Uh, because I, what I normally do is whenever the FIFA comes out, it'll be cool, but I'll tend to just wait till the other FIFAs drop in price and I'll just pick that one up. And I may not have like the latest squad or everything, but since I wait like every three or four years, I'm kind of happy with whatever FIFA I get. But this year it was different because I actually picked up the latest FIFA, which is FIFA 20. And I've been playing that and I've, I've had a lot of fun with it, but FIFA 21 is coming out obviously. And it's going to be interesting because... Uh, the new generation of consoles, and I know this is not a video game podcast, but the PS5 and the Xbox, uh, the new Xbox is going to be coming out, I think, in the November, December time. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas holidays. Yeah, season. Christmas. Uh, but FIFA 21 will be interesting because the transfer market doesn't end until October, I, I believe. So we're talking about when the game will get a launch, there's still potentially a lot of players that could still be on the move. And... I don't know how FIFA will handle this because we've seen, um, I would look at Bruno Fernandes this year when he was bought from sporting by Manchester United in the January transfer window. He still doesn't have an actual face in the game. Bruno Fernandes doesn't. (laughs) Um, And that's a little worrying for me because if I'm someone that's buying FIFA 21, like paying the full 60 for it, and let's say like Liverpool or Manchester United buy a player from outside of the big, you know, league on like a big player, like they just buy kind of a random smallish player. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to sit through all of FIFA 21 and not have that person's face. And it's very infuriating because it makes me not want to pick them. If you know what I mean? <laughs> because like, 
you know, if you don't have the authentic face, it's kind of like, oh, really? It's like, I got to play with this guy. Like, he doesn't even have an actual face in the game. It's like an egg know? with hair on it. It's like, exactly. Man. And I, I feel like that might be the case for a lot of clubs, unfortunately, um, in FIFA 21. Unless, like, they have some sort of deal where they can kind of, you know, with the circumstances, they can kind of work around it. But, I mean, it is FIFA, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we won't see any cool faces if, like, our if our clubs start buying random players. It'll be... This is uh, something we wanted to mention because FIFA is one of the ways that not only we really started to get into soccer, but also we kind of learned a lot more in depth about certain players and who's good, who's needs to improve in certain areas and maybe what players weaknesses are. And also just like a consistent way to always be able to get into certain leagues when they're not even playing because you can mm-hmm. always just play FIFA anytime you want. Yeah. But I think this will be a very interesting one since now this is going to be one of the first FIFAs I feel like where a lot of it's going to be maintained from people working from home. <laughs> so, the, so those EA servers are going to be very... Oh boy. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully <laughs> they have a really good work from home regiment over there at EA Sports. But I think this is going to be one of those situations now, as you just mentioned, where the game... It could finish, but then in real life, the season's not even ready. So, like, the team's not, not even be set. The player, like, the, the jerseys just recently just got announced mm-hmm. for all the Premier League teams. And yeah, it's a lot to code, mm-hmm. to, like, code into the game, like, the, all the new jerseys and such, you know? So, it might be broken, as it <laughs> usually is. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this year, maybe a lot more than normal. <laughs> Dude, that's already EA's not going to sponsor the pod but <laughs> if you are if you do want to sponsor the pod let us know because we are looking for sponsors no if you do work for you reach out to us we'd love oh, to yeah, like, that's chat we'd, we'd love, love to, to have chat anyone and, like EA actually on. have an in-depth conversation about like fifa like what goes on and making it and all that mm-hmm. that'd be very interesting to hear but i i don't know i i might like since now i actually have a job i might actually buy fifa 21 when it comes out but It'll be more because I think they're they're yeah I'm, this is not a FIFA episode but they I've seen that they've actually added some cool stuff in career mode um, so that could be a reason that could sway me into getting it plus like having the latest players and rosters would be nice but I don't know it'll be interesting to see how they kind of keep up with everything eat all the sports games in general because every sport game is like on a different timeline now so I feel I feel as though we we might see some interesting things but. I hope, I really hope that, you know, EA and FIFA kind of do their thing because as much as we say like, oh, Pez is there, but I, I don't know. I don't really feel inclined to pick Pez over FIFA just because FIFA still has at rights towards a lot of things that Pez doesn't. And Pez, you know, obviously lost the Champions League and Europa League highlight like rights as well. So I don't know. I'm still going to stick with FIFA because that's what I'm comfortable with. I I usually just get FIFA every year despite everything, but... <laughs> I mean, I wonder if they're also going <laughs> to be authentic to this upcoming season and have no fans in the stadiums. Oh, that that'd be horrible. That'd be funny. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll add these little quirks of this season just to make it unique where it's like, oh, everyone on the side has masks. Everyone has to be tested. It's like your player can't play next game because he caught COVID-19. <laughs> he went to Magic City. <laughs> and then or instead he, of like... He exited a, the bubble. Yeah, instead of career mode, instead of the player saying, I, I'm under the weather and the weather... I'm not liking the weather right now. Um, even though I've been living in Europe for... Or even though I've been living in England for five years, I think the weather's definitely gotten to me for some reason under your first season. 
now it's just like, oh, I got COVID, so I, I, mm. I'll be out for two years, so peace. I'll be out for two years. <laughs> it's um, like, I just don't want to play in a bubble. I'm out. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I um, But kind of speaking on this, we do want to bring up FIFA in general because like we do have some ideas for potential whoop, Premier whoop. Pod, you know, kind of fun alternatives that we can, or not alternatives, but like kind of features that we can have for this whole platform. And recently I, I upgraded some things from my own setup at home for my PC. And I'm thinking we could stream, live stream, maybe Yoshi and I playing or maybe some live video podcasts of us. And that's the ideal thing to kind of have that. But also maybe every once in a while kind of change it up and have us kind of showing, you know, playing some games, kind of featuring certain players within the game and having that be kind of a cool, different thing to show for the show so mm-hmm. we're gonna see what everyone thinks about certain ideas like that maybe have us play some games have us do some video pods or maybe some things we're not even thinking about be sure to you know let us know in the comments or like you know dm us on twitter instagram things like that we always open for new ideas for what we can do to kind of reach out and entertain y'all so yeah i I'll, i am i'm pretty excited about potentially doing like a live stream of fifa or you know doing a live podcast via playing FIFA or something like that or playing with, you know, the fans and everything. So yeah, like Tyler said, everything he said, just if you're interested, like leave us a comment or reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram and tell us what you would think about that potential idea. But Ooh, a fan um, tournament. Yeah. We would need a, we would need an award for that or like a prize. We have no budget. So if yeah. anyone likes to sponsor us, we can buy <laughs> we, an award. We promise we are working on that. We've just mm-hmm. been a little sidetracked, um, obviously, with a whole bunch of other personal events that have happened. But we've been sidetracked. But we will definitely we are working on that. We promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm down. I think that would be super cool if we can get enough people to sign up for it. I think I, I'd be down. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be really a lot of fun and such. We definitely won't be like those toxic YouTubers or those toxic FIFA players that um, are raging and throwing their controller out the window if they lose. Um, I think we'll be chill. So I I, would, I know we'll definitely be chill. So it'll definitely be just like a fun time for everyone if we we're, did play we're FIFA. We're literally the equivalent of the people who can't play the game too much because we're working. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, so, man, yeah, it's like we don't have eight hours. We doing. can't just, yeah, we can't spend eight hours learning the tactics of the game or learning every skill like, move oh, in the possible in the game. Um, It'll be fun. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll happen. We'll see. We just got. Yeah. That'd be a cool way to interact with the fans too, and kind of get to know everyone. So that'd be, yeah. that'd be sweet. But yeah, we just got to yeah, make it happen. That'll be fun. But quickly moving on to our last segment, it's a really short episode, and kind of like I hopefully, hopefully it's not too random, but our last segment. The transfer, uh, some of the transfers that have happened, not a lot, obviously, as Tyler said, just because of Corona and everything, a lot of clubs don't have that big of a budget anymore. So deals are going very, very small, a lot of small deals. But for Liverpool, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but Kostas, the left back, the 24-year-old, 24-year-old left back from Olympiacos, uh, Liverpool signed him for um, a confirmed, I see, 14.38 mil uh um deal but i mean tyler i know you said he has a lot of pace but did you see anything mm-hmm. else from him on youtube when you looked i him mean up? honestly for me i have no idea who this guy was before <laughs> I, on. I think most people had no idea who costas samikas it Ooh, was Samikas. 
before Liverpool purchased him. He's a 24 year old who kind of people are saying is kind of similar to Andrew Robertson in terms of his tenacity to go up the field, beat a man, and then send in a good cross. I don't know about his defensive abilities. Yeah, hopefully he's better than said Kolasniach. Yeah, (laughs) as long as he's better than Moreno, I think we're good because ultimately he probably won't be starting over Robertson, but I think he'll be a decent backup. He's already got a better haircut. Yeah, and he looks like a lot of people we know. (laughs) I feel like he he looks like a very UGA-esque kind of guy. I'm like, uh... I, like I, a very average guy. Yeah, I feel like I'd see him downtown. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was cool because Liverpool bought him for or transferred him in for, as you just mentioned, $14.3 million or 11 million pounds, which is a lot better of a deal compared to the previous deal that they've been chasing for, I feel like, a few weeks now, which is Jamal Lewis from Norwich. And I remember Nathan roasted me for calling calling out certain teams for getting relegated and Liverpool buying relegation team players and then calling them bad because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was roasting City for bringing in Ake for so much. And I was like, you have a good point because they're, you know, Wijnaldum brought in from a relegation team and then Robertson, Robertson came in from a relegation team. So, I mean, I have to give Nathan that. I forgot to mention that last week. <laughs> but but this, this is a whole different scenario where uh, Kostas is coming from a champion team in the Greek League so he's coming from a winning team, and that'll be a very interesting kind of dynamic to bring in. Because now, instead of being the, the main man, he'll be on the bench. So I don't know how he's going to handle that, but hopefully he'll be... It's more depth. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, who who did they have as a left-back replacement? <laughs> Milner. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, that's what I was thinking, because now it seems like maybe Milner may have been talking to Klopp. Maybe Milner may be... He may be thinking that, you know, maybe this season is his last and like he probably hasn't publicly announced it, but maybe him and Klopp have had talks and this could be one of Milner's last season. So I think this is Klopp kind of planning for the future without a Milner, you know, without someone that can kind of plug in and play at left back, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking when they signed him. Mm-hmm. And so, I think uh, I think you're right on it in terms of just why. Liverpool brought him in because also we didn't really have that many dedicated left backs in the club. We just had, you know, people true. playing left back that could fill the void like Milner, Joe Gomez, Nico Williams at times. So it's like we we need a dedicated left back in, in case Robertson, God forbid, ever went down. So <laughs> I think this is a very good sign, but we're just going to see how he goes because I don't know too much about Costas and... You know, people say he looks a little promising, but we'll have to see how he performs for the club. But I think under Klopp, he's basically been a pretty good track record of getting everyone he's brought in to do pretty well. And I, I still have hope for, you know, certain other players that are still on the rise, like Navi Keita and Minamino, of course. So he's got to sign it. He's had to assign at least one flop, right? Who was that one guy? Ragnar Klavan? Is he a no, flop? He was, Klavan was all right. I think the biggest flop was probably Karius. Oh, OK. <laughs> all right. But what he didn't buy him really to be like a lot of expectation, right? Or was yeah, he? Yeah, like- he kind of bought him for five mil, and then it was okay. like, all right, be <laughs> the number one keeper, and then just it was kind of unfortunate for him. But yeah, um, but no, I think that's a- that. <laughs> that was unfortunate times. Yeah, I think I, I think he was like um, I think like you said, I think Klopp is just planning for the future and trying to plan and build more depth with the squad. Um, and we've we've talked about it before, but they are in talks to sign um, Thiago from Bayern. I think 
I think from what Fab Fabriaso Fabriso Fabri Rizzo or Razo, I can't say his name, Romano basically tweeted out. He said that Liverpool or Bayern want at least 30, or they basically want 30 mil for Tiago. And if if Liverpool pay that, they can have him. And I think Tiago has talked to Klopp and Klopp has talked to Tiago, and they're both sides are eager. Um, you know, Tiago is really eager to join Liverpool. It's just when if Liverpool and Bayern can kind of strike a deal in terms of the price, I feel like it will probably end up happening. Um, you know, whether they get the full 30 mil Bayern does or whether they kind of meet in the middle and maybe meet for 25 or 27, who knows? But I think it's a deal that will probably get done. So Liverpool fans, you probably have another signing coming your way soon. Um, but for Manchester United, the same story that has been going on this entire transfer window is Jaden Sancho. It is... It, it's it been reported. Everything is there. United have agreed personal terms with Sancho. Sancho wants to join United from everything that's being reported. It's just the price and the fee of both the clubs, Manchester United and Dortmund, not being met. Manchester United feel like um, what Dortmund are valuing Jadon Sancho at is unreasonably high considering the times they're in. And Dortmund are not willing to budge. And apparently I've been hearing that apparently Dortmund haven't been really transparent with United in terms of like the deadline that was considered that August 10th deadline. United didn't hear anything about it and such. So they it was news to them. Um, but Manchester United have made it known that Sancho is their top target. But I don't know. I feel like the way United, how long it takes them to do business dealings, I feel like it's just going to end up taking a very long time. It's going to get dragged out. And I feel like it'll eventually happen, but it's going to be a very long time. Um, I hope it gets done sooner than later, and I hope they can go and find other people too to buy. But unfortunately, as a Manchester United fan, I don't think this will happen until the end of September or the middle of September or possibly during the transfer deadline day because that's just how United seem to work nowadays. And it's un- it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But <laughs> it was literally the funniest thing when I saw <laughs> Borussia Dortmund, their official Twitter page, post a picture of Sancho training with them and then kind of them quoting it's like ah good to see you back <laughs> so yeah i i think um so i i have i have like a couple of thoughts on that so they're 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 sporting director whoever basically when usman dembele was still at the club i think a week before he was sold to barca he basically said usman is going to train with us he's not going anywhere and boom he literally got sold a week later and obama yang actually called out um the dortmund dir- sporting director last season i believe when he was at arsenal and he basically called him out he basically said he was a clown because apparently that sporting director said something in the media about obamiang calling him a bad player or something he called obamiang called him a clown for basically saying that he was never going to sell dembele and then barcelona showed 100 mil to his um to the table and then he let him go immediately and the same thing is kind of happening with sancho when i feel like if manchester united finally cough up the money i feel like they'll eventually just let him go so I think Dortmund have made it known that they're kind of the selling club per se. And, you know, if if they didn't sell, you know, you know, Mario Goetze, like Mats Hummels, Robert Lewandowski, all those players, Gundogan, then maybe yeah. they could have a little bit more leverage, you know. But unfortunately, I think the um I think the 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 precedent they've set is, you know, everybody knows that they're kind of a selling club. It's like young players go there to develop enough to so that the bigger clubs can come poach them. So 
I don't know. I, I think they haven't set a good precedent to really have this like kind of leverage, but obviously they're the ones that have the player, but I think eventually they'll, they'll eventually give in and sell the player. <laughs> it is a lot harder for teams outside of Bayern Munich to acquire <laughs> Dortmund players for yeah, a good deal. Bayern's literally like you want to have a uh, you want to have like fifteen mil and some beer mil for Sancho's. Like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can have them. Have them for yeah, free. Well, actually, we'll pay his wages while he's there for five years. <laughs> it's like jeez, but oh. it, I honestly don't know how. Sancho's going to do because, you know, even when during the last bit of this previous season, Sancho wasn't the starter for every single game. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's. Uh, uh, but it's like, you know, like as Lay mentioned in one of our previous pods when he had um, when he kept start on, he said that when he's on, he kind of brings so much attention by the other team that even things he does off the ball is so impactful. But. Despite all that, he doesn't start every game too, which is kind of weird. Yeah. He does come on as a sub sometimes, but for a player like that to not even be the 90-minute player for every single game, game in and game out, I think maybe that's why Dortmund are maybe thinking it's like, oh, we could move him out. But in my opinion, I think they should keep him and then start him every single game and just like keep him or play him as much as they could. But, you know... I, but I'm not I, the coach. I, yeah, no, I, but I feel like it's one of these situations where I, I've been reading a lot of like reports from really, you know, verified, you know, very well established journalists that cover transfers. And they've said that he could potentially hand in a transfer request to leave. And my thinking is if you have a player that clearly has agreed personal terms, like wants to go and join another club. And if you're like, quote unquote, one of the selling clubs, there's no point of really keeping him because if you keep him and you run the risk, of him not performing well or him becoming um, him basically saying, I don't want to play for this club unless you sell me. And then he basically sits on the bench. You're basically devaluing his price tag at the moment. And if he has a couple of bad performances, that's going to decrease his value as well. So I think, you know, if you have a player that wants to leave, you're better off just like letting him leave. I don't think there's a point of him keep keeping him because we've seen for the most part, Players like that, they tend to bring like the club morale down, the locker room down, and they cause a lot of tension between the board and everyone. So I don't know. If if I if I had Sancho, if I was Dortmund, you have you already know that you're gonna end up finding another star player, whether it's Jude Billingham or whoever, Gio Reyna. You have the tools to find another young star player, but I don't know. I I, I just find it very confusing, Dortmund's stance, because They've clearly shown that they're a selling club when it comes down to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're just going to have to see how this yeah. milks out because we have until October now. Yeah. So it's going to take its sweet time. It's going to take its sweet time, unfortunately. That it's now this transfer window is going on till a good bit of the season into October, while last season it was cut off before the season started in <laughs> early August. So now it's yeah. like a complete opposite. It's going to be wild because literally a club could have a player for the first two months of the season and then just sell him. And then we may never <laughs> see him again, you know? Yeah, that might be Sancho, Gosh. but we don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, though. But quickly, um, talking about the other Premier League clubs that have made a couple of splashes, Tottenham have officially announced the signing of Hoybjerg. We've reported on it for like the two weeks now, but it's finally confirmed. Southampton have been doing some pretty good business. They end up getting Kyle Walker-Peters permanently, the right back from Tottenham, in that Hoiberg basically swap deal. So he can have... Unofficial swap deal. (laughs) Yeah, unofficial, but it was kind of like he was on loan. 
Hoiberg goes there. It's kind of like, oh, like um gentleman's agreement, I would say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And they have they bought another player that Tyler knows a little bit more about, Mohamed Solisu, a center back. Yeah. From Solisu La Liga. From, uh, mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Tyler, I know you've you actually know a little bit about the player, so um, I'll let you talk about this one. He's uh he's like our age. He's like kind of one of those up and coming <laughs> players too. So I I hate saying that when it's like he's our age. I'm like, dang, yeah. dude. I can't I don't know at this point if it's like if we're if it's a, a compliment, being it's like, oh, he's he's young. Or if we're like, man, we're just like old now to the point where like we're starting to see players that are our age <laughs> making moves. Dude, and, I know. But this is an upcoming player who played for real uh Bella. I can't even pronounce that word. Bioid or Bioid. Yes. Yeah. And he is going to be very interesting for South Hand because I feel like the center back's position was one of their weaker links. They have always had to rotate between Vestergaard. Vestergaard. Bednarek. Bednarek. Mm-hmm. And then they and had Yoshida at one point. Yoshida. Rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, he's not dead, but... <laughs> no, no. But he's just one of the worst defenders in the Premier League uh, I, when he I plays. When he, he was there. It was it was good times. But now, Salisu coming in, he could be one of those stars like Soyunchu. So look out for him, honestly. Because he could, he could surprise. Or he could be like when I used him in career mode and then just kind of disappoint a little bit and I just sell him. <laughs> but... I mean, it's it could be one of those situations. So look out for Salisu. He's gonna he might surprise. He might be like Genepo. Yeah, could be that guy I always talk about. <laughs> but no, I think Southampton are doing pretty good for um, making those deals. Hopefully, they actually turn the product that they're getting into something, and they don't just turn into Everton where they buy a lot of these hyped up players and we hype them up, and then they end up, you know, pooping the bed per se or crap in the bed when the season actually comes to it. But I think they have a decent shot of being pretty decent, but you know maybe this is a second Van Dyke, uh, another star center back that comes that. to Southampton. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. It's true. <laughs> but that kind of wraps up um, episode eighty-five for us. It was kind of a more of a random topics one, but we're in the middle of the off season, but also in the middle of a Champions League, Europa League run run in. So it was a bit of an odd schedule. So. You know, we we still had fun recording and everything, but you know, like we always say, please make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. Uh, please leave us a rating on iTunes if you listen to us on there, uh, because it really helps boost our chances of getting seen more to other people and showing up on their feed. So, yeah, any help we we do appreciate it. But make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Premier Pod. Um, like we said, we've been a little un- inactive there, but we're gonna start getting back into it and everything. But Always, if you ever shoot us a message, we'll definitely be sure to interact and such, no matter what you see on the feeds. And yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Premier Pod to get the episodes on there. But yeah, that kind of wraps up uh, Season 3, Episode 85 for us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, peace. Peace. Peace.